Welcome to Anderswick Church. We hope this message empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annasbrook.co.nz for a service near you. Well, we've got something special today planned. I don't remember the last time we spoke specifically into this, but we'd love to do a trigger warning just to begin with. We are, not very often we do this, um, man, we should probably do it more. But we're going to talk specifically about marriage today. So a trigger warning is that we are mindful of people in different situations and circumstances here uh, that you, um, may, you may not be married and you want to be married. And so we're aware of you today. Um, you might actually be married and not want to be married. And we're aware of you today. And those of you who aren't married and something happened, something went wrong, either to you or maybe even because of you. We're mindful of you today too. And I just want to say before we even get started, it could be those whose loved um, ones, their spouses have passed away. So we're speaking in ways that remind you of days gone by. But I just want to say to everyone, including those in moderately okay marriages, the grace of God is applied to every single one of us. He's a loving God. And so that's the trigger warning out the way. And now I'm going to join the bride of my youth. We've got a photo, actually. It is literal. That statement is literal. This is, this is Rebecca and her page boy when they got married. We actually got married when we were... Um, Do we look like friends or enemies right now? You might want to come over. Shall I scooch? So um, notice how obedient I am. It's taken a lot of years. Obviously the crowd's helping. Thanks, guys. Um, we're doing a series called, we got, she got married, I was 18 and she was 20. And I, when I was seven, I thought, I really want to marry her. So that, we grew up in church. And so, um, sure, for a few years it looked like stalking, but we're past that now. And so, um, but um, when she was finally interested in me, I was like, man, I'm not waiting for anything. And so I think my parents actually had to sign some documents. I don't like think a, they did. I feel like they did. Okay. <laughs> Not sure. Can't remember. It's a long time ago. Anyway. And uh, so, look, we, we've been in a... So we've been married 25 years. Um, so... There are people who aren't clapping going, man, I feel for Rebecca so much. But we're doing a series called Let's Get Honest. And last, last week we talked about friendship. And... Next week, we're going to talk about a different aspect again. Oh, we've got the Gilpins. Then the week after, we're talking about a different aspect again. And do bring your friends and family. But the reason is because everything that God does in your life, right, he actually does through a mechanism of relationship. Even if, even if you, you know, someone brings a challenge to you or encourages you, um, the way he worked with his disciples was through relationship. And there's so much in the Word of God regarding marriage because marriage I mean, this relationship has been the number one shaper of my character, the number one one that God has used. And marriage is like one of the most challenging things you're ever going to do and the most rewarding. Um, sometimes it can feel like heaven on earth and sometimes it can feel like hell on earth. Um, it is just one of those things. And I'm just going to say a couple of things and you have to expand your mind a little bit, but it requires three people who are willing 
to sacrifice, carry responsibility, love and trust. And, and that's on a good day. And I'm going to explain the three in a second. The book of stuff, chapter 23rd of May, had an article saying relationships are under pressure. I think this is the article. They said the three big factors that they cite that cause relational breakdown are one, cheating. This is current um, uh, therapists. Two, technology. And three, financial pressure. So the three is cheating, technology, financial pressure. Thus, This was a clinical psychologist saying that people today are cheating online, not just with you know, someone else in a relational circle, but that it's breaking down marriage, greatly increasing stress at the ultimate cost of pain and hardship. And they recommend in this article, if you, they, they say, if you don't want to separate, don't cheat. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, that's great. Um, they're saying that people through technology are getting bored of each other. So, you know, again, trying to be stimulated with, I guess, what's on screens. But they finish the article by saying this. If you are going to separate, you should go to a Trade Me auction site called Trade Me Breakup Starter Packs. You can get exercise kits. So you buy a mystery pack. You might get an exercise kit. In other words, you needed to exercise. You can get a beverage mixer kit. So they'll, you know, you'll get some way of making some great cocktails. Pamper kits. Um, and the other one is a sex toys kit. And so I don't want to rain too heavy on stuff or their journalistic prowess. But surely there's better advice for us today. Surely there is than having to go to a breakup starter pack. And again, I gave that trigger um, alert at the start. We are aware that it's complicated. So we want to talk about seven tips to a pretty good marriage. Because sometimes you can hear something like today and think, oh man, these guys have an amazing marriage. And I think that we just want to start by saying, I don't think that that is what we have. I think we've got a pretty good marriage. And I would say too that in a world of trying to put up kind of, you know, a face of us through social media and other things, you get the idea that it's got to be amazing's the bar, but I would actually say pretty good is pretty good. Mm. I would actually say, what like for us, what, what if we just aimed for a 5% better marriage than last year? Like if you did that in your health or in your mentality and your thinking or in your, what you're learning, it would actually compound over time. So our goal is like to not try to be the greatest marriage in a room because that becomes some sort of unsustainable and unrealistic thing. But if we could just understand we can have a pretty good marriage, I reckon it would even be a little bit better than pretty good because the aim has just been pretty good. And good is actually quite good in 2023. So um, I want to just, we're going to share these points, but I want to just start with the first one. That is that we need really badly to put God right at the centre. Right at the start and right at the centre. Just a couple of verses. Mark chapter 10 and verse 4 just shows that humans didn't make marriage up. A lot of people think that it's a human thing. But at the beginning of creation, Jesus said, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother to be united with his wife. The two will become flesh, one flesh, sorry, So they are no longer two, but they are one. Therefore, what God joined together, 
let no one separate. And I reckon that's a pretty awesome place to start because there are certain days where knowing that God put this together is a really, really helpful thing. Because you might look, she might look and go, man, why did I choose him? And, uh, you know, and even her parents might go, whoa, why did she choose him? Can I just say to any dating person, choose very carefully. You do want to choose, you do. This is, I know, I know we're going deep straight away. But girls, if a guy when they're dating you is pressuring you for sex, I want to say to be careful because as soon as the dopamine kicks in, you can no longer assess characteristics or nature as easily because dopamine is like flooding your ability to tell what this person's character's like. So it's a, it's a researched and, and documented process. But when we wait, right, for intimacy, it's actually a different part of our brains, a more logical part of our brains that can counteract the romance chemicals that can work out, am I about to marry a crazy maker? Am I about to marry someone who actually is not truthful and honest? And so I don't know why I just said that to the girls. Maybe, guys, you need to know that as well. So marriage is actually God joining two people together. In fact, Revelation 21 says that the end of time when the heavens and earth rejoin will be just like a marriage between a groom and a bridegroom. In other words, our marriages in God actually reflect ahead of time the final coming together of the new heavens and the new earth that we, his people, are going to abide in forever. So that's actually what it's meant to be. Ecclesiastes 4 says two are better than one because they've got good return for their labour. If one falls down, the other can pick them up, but pity anyone who has to fall and no one is there to help them up. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves, but a cord of three strands, that's what I mean by three, is not easily broken. So God who created marriage and put us together, even though we try to choose wisely, when we believe that, we say, on the good days, thank you, God, this was your doing. And on the bad days, we go, God, I'm trusting in you because this is your doing. You put us together. God is the third strand in this relationship. And now I'm going to say some shocking things. And if you want to email me about that, email jared.lebezite at Annasbrook. <laughs> A marriage without God in it is not a biblical marriage. Living together with someone when you've not made a covenant commitment with God in the middle is not a biblical marriage either. And that explains why it lacks the fulfilling features and also the sustaining features when tough times hit. And tough times are going to hit. You're married, you're putting two people together. So we should not expect the expect the blessing or the protection or the benefit if the third strand is not there. So that's the first thing to a pretty good marriage. Get God at the centre. And, and I'll just say, if, it's, if he's not at the centre, it's real easy to change. Just make a decision together. Hey, we need, and it's awkward, I know. One of you just say, we need to put God back in this. Mm. We need to invite God into this. And before you know it. Number two, Rebecca. Yes. Well, I get to talk about appreciate your spouse. 
and uh, the spouse that you have. And some days, uh, Grace referred to it, are easier than others, right? And a few weeks ago, I talked about protecting your heart and the importance of doing that in a relationship. And it's really easy if our heart starts to drift that we can start to let little thoughts take captive. Maybe you're feeling a bit disconnected and all of a sudden, there's this thing that we do and it's a little bit like comparison, or it is comparison. I mean, we do it within ourselves to other people, but it's easy to fall into a trap of doing that with your partner. You know, we've all had that season where we start looking and going, oh my gosh, that couple, they just look so loved up. They're just holding hands, they're basically skipping into church, best selfies and picnic and date days ever. Oh, he mows the lawns and he does it perfect strips. You know, all this stuff just starts building up. <laughs> you do that. You're just perfect at mowing the lawns. Good job, you. But, you know, like, he's left her romantic gifts on her pillow for no reason. All that stuff. And you start comparing. But the minute we start comparing is the minute we start feeling disappointed because you're like, well, What if your partner doesn't do that? What if, yeah, Graham hasn't left me a gift this week? (laughs) How could he not? But I tell you, you know, I have had times when I've thought, why doesn't he do that? But if I keep going down that way, I'm only going to not appreciate him, right? When I turn it around and I start appreciating him for what he is, an amazing husband, an incredible father who makes sure his kids know about God, know about work ethic, know about um, lots of different things that I can't teach them. I mean, I can teach them work ethic. Oh, no, okay. I just, I, I just won't compare myself to him right now. But, <laughs> you know, like, he has a lot of incredible things. He's an incredible husband. He's a, a number one encourager to me, compliments. Not so much on the fighting days, let's be honest. Um, you know, we don't, we're not so keen on pointing out the things that we love about each other on those days. But if we both just love tidying the wardrobe like I do, Imagine our date nights. We'd just be tidying, folding little clothes. It'd be so boring. Um, So sometimes, sometimes it's really good we're different. Sometimes it's good to appreciate the differences and focus on that. Let's remember marriage is a journey. I've done 25 years in investing into him. He's done 25 years of investing into me. And the days that are tough, we need to go, you know what, this is a tough day, but I'm going to appreciate what we have got and recognise God did give us one another. And I think when we start to do that, and instead of looking at the grass is greener, maybe someone else's lawn, and maybe ours feels a little bit brown, well, why don't we water it? Why don't we fertilise it? And why don't we focus on what our relationship needs? And then you'll find it will grow. I used to love how you you said, you know, we need to learn how to cherish each other, mm. which is the same thing as appreciate. Um, but actually, like, looking at you, I my heart becomes like and you're right we don't always not every single day do we feel like this but I you know it's it's the same thing that I had when I was young I still today but she can't take responsibility for that for me and that's my gift to her I may to expect it in return sort of unhealthy but I know in my heart okay I've got to cherish this woman Mm. and I just just on that note of the bad days it's actually good to say to each other there's that was kind of a bad day eh because if we don't label it, then we find it really hard to transition back into good days. It can have a bit of a leftover. So we'd say, say if we had a bad, say if we had a bad Friday or Saturday. I'm this happy week. to share my next point about bad days. If okay. You want. <laughs> 
Number three. <laughs> I just hate us to run out of time. Find common purpose, number three. Amos 3.3 says, Can two really walk together unless they're agreed? New Testament, Jesus said again, truly I tell you, if two of you agree on anything on earth and ask um, anything, it will be done for you in, by my Father in heaven. So that's about faith and supernatural outcome. So um, you've heard it said, and I've heard it said, we just grew apart. And I think it happens a lot easily, easier than we think. In essence, one person was going down one track and the other person either got left behind or didn't want to go with them. And maybe they weren't the other person going in the right direction, but it's sort of not the point. If she's struggling, I've got to understand that I'm struggling too. That's part of my load to bear is to actually help her um, in that season in that moment, I really want to encourage married cuppies, couples, cuppies, <laughs> if you cute. don't have a common shared purpose that's greater than just the kids, mm. okay, that's greater than just what you do for work and someone else's stay at home, or greater than the fact that one would like to stay at home but you both have to work because mortgages are so huge now, then your life, right, will actually swing in the balance of the greatest pressure. And for Beck and I, one of the things that God has blessed us with is that we share the same eternal purpose, okay? So an eternal purpose is that our, our lives are in Christ and that he has called us, we know that, and that we've made that calling central to our marriage. Now what happens is when the kids grow up and leave home, that eternal purpose will carry on. When we go through midlife and into older life, that eternal purpose remains. When we pass away one or the other, um, that eternal purpose will remain. There is nothing stronger than the bond of the love of Jesus Christ to actually carry us through life's tensions. So I say to you, um, you it doesn't just have to be a calling, make sure there is a spiritual dynamic, but it might be a shared purpose around work, might be a shared purpose around where you serve, might be a shared purpose around where you contribute or something in the generosity factor of your life, but whatever it is, okay, it will bring the X factor and it will make your life pretty good. All right? Your marriage, yeah. Four. Four. Communicate for a change. And there's a bit of a play on that. Communicate for a change, if you get what I mean. You know, if you're dating, you're engaged, you're newlywed, or you've been married for a while, you know that communication is something that is important, but it's also something that is a skill that needs to be developed. Uh, you've probably discovered how sometimes it can be quite difficult to communicate effectively or to be on the same page. You know, sometimes I feel like we're talking in different languages when we communicate. And there yeah. are times when it's hard to understand one another or where, they, where we're coming from. Yeah. Might just be us, but communication I've discovered is definitely an art to be practised. There are times I've done it better than others. There are times I've done it and it's been a train wreck. Uh, but it's a way that we let our spouses or people who are in a relationship know how we feel about them, what we appreciate, what we love, but it's also what we use to let them know if we're struggling within ourselves or within our relationship. So it's definitely something to work on and to try and always do better. It's also um, something that when we do it well, it's key. It's key to our relationship being healthier. It's key to relationships with people being healthier. But it can also be a weapon. 
can be a weapon that we use for not so good. Um, so communication is a great tool, but when not used correctly, that's when it can be a weapon like it talks about in the Bible. Proverbs 12, 18 says this. Some people like to make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise soothe and heal. And I don't know if you guys have ever had any um, fights in your marriages or relationships. Um, we have had a couple, um, you know, just a few. Uh, some were quite fresh and um, <laughs> nothing like practising what you're going to preach. Um, <laughs> love that. Thanks, Jesus. I really had to dig deep um, for the love of the Lord to show it to him. But anyway, that's a whole other story. Some people have the terrible ability to speak in a manner that just stabs and slices others. The words are like slashing and piercings of sword bringing hurt instead of healing. So we've got to know the power is in our tongue and we can use our words to build our partners up or to tear them down. So we need to actually learn, especially in a relationship, to use restraint. You know, think all those things maybe and even then try not to, but if you are, and bite your tongue till it bleeds, you know, like just, (laughs) you know, whatever will work. Because many marriages have actually grown because of good communication. They've grown and are stronger because they've used their words for good and to build up. But there are also marriages that are in really bad places. They are in tatters because of the words that have been used as weapons. Yeah. So we need to remember to choose our words wisely and marriage will then grow. Uh, you know, refrain from those words that in the heat of the moment, which we all have, you will regret saying, and they're actually really hard to take back sometimes because that pain has already been caused to that other person's heart. So as the old school saying goes, if you've got nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. That's, you know, one of those older generations, but probably still a good gauge to work yeah, on. And I guess if, it's a real, if you had a real frustration with me mm. and you felt like you're getting frustrated to the point of using something sharp mm. or vice versa, still has to be addressed, eh? Because it's it's it matters, but it's finding a healthy way to express it. That's the challenge, eh? Absolutely. So what have we done when we haven't been talking very nicely? Well, I've got a um, whole thing about it. Do you want me to just go straight into it? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I got all the fun ones. It's really good. Um, So mine is my next one is fight right. And so the the thing is if you're in a relationship and you have any form of talking, there is going to be times when you will have differences of opinions. You know, like we've all gone, we want to go to town. There's two ways to town. One might prefer to go around the port. One might prefer to go over the hill. Both of you are right. Both of you want different directions. At the end of the day, you'll get to Nelson, but you might fight about which way to go. <laughs> sure. Just us. Which way is faster? I swear going around the port is faster, you know. like. But at the end of the day, you might struggle a little bit and it's really just easy to miscommunicate in those times when you both feel like you're right or you've got conflict. And that's when it gets that heated moment, eh? Mm. Um, I, I can feel sort of my blood is starting to boil in some of those heated moments. And that's when uh, I can say things that might not be kind. I've only done it probably twice, so. Mm. Y- yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> twice yesterday, yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's when there's kind of, you've got to create rules around fighting, right? Because yeah. you will come up against uh, conflict moments. And if you don't, then that's... Uh, Tony well, Barnett Someone's told us giving that. in. Someone's just not speaking up, really, if you're not coming up against yeah. conflict. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, there's fight or flight. So you'll be the weather fight, you know, we will confront. And yeah. then there's flight, which would be remove, they're going to step back and remove and go quiet and not necessarily want to deal with it. Both methods can have extreme consequences on marriages. Mm. So we've got to, that's why we fight right. Um, so put some rules in place, which we've done, eh? Yeah. Put in some boundaries of things that we don't cross and things we don't say. So when you're not heated, don't make the rules then. But yeah. maybe when you're in a peaceful mode rather than your struggle mode, sit down and agree to some rules of like what's what's a good way to fight or what's a good way to discuss. So things mm. like, um, you know, no blame words, no, no um, what's the word, um, verdicts. No, mm. you always, you never... Mm. I'm going to leave you if you do that again. You know, like some of that yeah, stuff that in the heat of the moment. When we were younger, uh, we would say something random and radical like, well, I'll just get a divorce then. Yeah. So um, which which was quite foolish to say that. Mm. Um, that is a big no-no for us. Mm. And I think it, I think that's because we, like the, the exit is not, it, it's going to cost anyway, right? Huge cost. Mm. So, okay, we're going to try and find a way through this. Anything sweary or abusive, which we don't tend to swear anyway, but um, anything with assumptions. Yeah. Like for us, no no physical anything. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no physical, emotional abuse even, yeah. you know, like yeah. it's just, it's not helpful. In fact, I've got a scripture in Philippians, sorry, not Philippians, Ephesians 4, 31, 32, and it says this, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, mm. as well as all types of evil behaviour. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Now, I know that sounds so good when you're all calm. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I've, I felt the feelings quite freshly, you know, but it's not going to help when we say all of that stuff, is it? So it's, yeah. it's finding a way in the heat of the moment. We used to do this thing called, it's silly, but it's, we'd say salt shaker. Yeah. And what that meant is that's it. We're calling a truce right now because both of us are absolutely fired up mm. and we're not getting anywhere good. Mm. So we're going to say salt shaker, which still meant we'll talk about it, but mm. you often find a few hours later you're a lot calmer mm. or even the next day, but you always agree to discuss it. It doesn't mean you can say salt shaker and never talk about it again. It yeah. just means salt shaker for now. Yeah, we, we might not now say salt shaker, but what we might say is, hey, I feel, I feel like this is not going anywhere good. Or Beck might say, I feel like we're going round and round. Okay, cool. I think we need to come back to this. Mm. And then she will go, cool, when shall we do that? Because I think, I think one of the things, right, is that underneath it, there are actually need, needs. Mm. She has needs, I have needs. And what we're doing is we're butting heads around the needs. That's really fundamentally. James says, what causes fights and quarrels among you? Do you not have desires within that rage war? In other words, he's saying, you know, I've got something that I feel is very important and I'm communicating it strongly because it's important. And either I can downgrade that, calm that, or we need to talk about what it means. And so, again, for our relationships, don't not talk. Mm. Like, don't not address each other's needs. And people should talk about money with each other. And people should talk about parenting. What are the big topics we've had to talk about? Well, I think most marriages, a lot of issues can be around money, can be around intimacy, can be around parenting. Um, Obviously now, yeah, uh, digital stuff is a thing. You know, there's a a huge increase in pornography um, in relationships. So Beck might just say out of the blue, hey, are you all good in that area? Are you all good on on the porn front? 
And I've got to either decide to be honest or not honest. And I think it's good. We need to check in. Because it's not to check, it's not actually to trip us out. It's actually, I, used, I preached a message years ago. Just called, to clarify, he doesn't have a... No, no, just to clarify. But, <laughs> but it's sort of irrelevant. It's sort of irrelevant because there needs to be enough mystery in our marriage that you don't know everything about us. Yeah. But I think that actually, you know, before things get awful, they need to get awkward. And if you won't do the awkward, it's probably going to get awful. And the other thing we talk about is sex, which we won't go any further on because there's children in the room. But I think each person has to probably have those discussions, don't they? You know, like we've had to talk it through, eh? Yeah, like everyone's going to have a different finances. It's good to talk about. We'll leave it at that. I don't. If you've got two separate bank accounts and you've been married for a long time, I would say, what's what are you not trusting? What are you trying to control that agreement can't actually fix? She didn't give me an FPOS card for the first six months of being married. I think it was a little bit earlier than that. <laughs> what? It was three months. I don't know, but there's context to that. Can I yeah. share it? No, nah, not really. <laughs> okay, I would just share why I sound like a control freak, which I probably oh. was, to be fair, little. Okay. I had been a saver. Sure. A big saver, so I had... This, we were in my – I'd bought two homes and so he comes into the relationship with a debt. So a, a higher purchase <laughs> for a guitar. So that is all good because also he came with a many amazing qualities and things that I loved about him. However, I was used to being budget, whereas he'd be like, yeah, I bought six new sets of guitar strings. And I'm thinking, we can't eat this week now. So I was a little bit, yeah. But then we, we found a way to trust I found a way well, to trust it became a big conversation and Brent challenged me. He said, hey, listen, you, you're, you're always going to feel like you're on the back foot if you don't take responsibility. So I said to Rebecca, hey, I think I need to take responsibility. And she said, do you think you can? And it was a fair question. But that was about 15 years ago and it became a massive change point where I, every week on Tuesday nights, I do the budget. I, we go through our receipts every, every week still to this day. And the reason is because key areas like money, parenting, careers, whatever you want to do, sex, intimacy, where there is not a depth of communication, there will be fra- there's potential for fracture. Mm. So if we can actually talk about it and come on to the same page, we're going to potentially walk together better. Yeah. Mm. Okay, we need to carry on because we we're do. running out of time. We really have. I hope this is um, at least entertaining and if anything. I would say number five, uh, which is number six now because you bumped that point, but I really appreciated it, is, <laughs> is we got to, in marriage, you've got to have fun. Yeah. Fun is a massive key to any relationship. We started off with fun. Do you remember, Becky? We used to hang out. We used to do random, like, trips wherever, and we used to um, do random, like... We did, like, silly videos before it was cool to do things yeah, like that. Going and through we the... couldn't post it anywhere, but we just watched them ourselves. Yeah, life. we've still got the tapes. <laughs> Of um, yeah, it was really funny. We when we had young kids, we used to do a thing called um, Two Dollar Tuesdays from Video Easy. You remember that? Yeah. And so the reason was because it we was were date night. We were tight on budget, but every Tuesday night we'd get a DVD, and the kids would go to bed so they're young enough. And that's another thing: as the kids get older, it becomes trickier for everything. And so anyway, <laughs> but for those years, Tuesday, no one would interrupt Tuesday. No one. Unless there was a crisis in the church or with someone, no one. So we would sit on that couch, watch a movie, and then just enjoy each other's company. Um, today, we enjoy really, really similar 
things, but one of the things that I love the most about her is her laugh. It is contagious. Um, we have wrestled once or twice in the lounge, which was quite a weird thing to say and admit. There was clean. Uh, Guys, keep, keep it clean, hey? I've um, clearly blocked that out, but... Done I'll press-up competitions. You. I'll trust you, I'll trust you. We enjoy boating together. We enjoy mm. coffee together. We enjoy just... And, hey, I just want to say, because... I think I've offended enough people already. But all you guys who do your guys' hangouts, if you're having more fun with the guys than you do with your wife, that's a concern. And all the girls who you do your girls' hangouts, if you have more fun with your girlfriends than you do with your husband, something's gone amiss. And fun for you will be different to what fun is for us, right? But I really want to encourage... Out the fun I have with my friends, I'll tell you, is not greater than the fun I have with her. It's more, it's a minor, not a major. And, and I know that's a challenge because you're going to have to work out where do we meet when it comes to fun. But maybe it's a movie thing. Maybe it's a meal out once a month. Maybe it is a date thing. Maybe it's going for regular walks and you just chat. And maybe um, you just have to be quite childish and you just have to find funny things. Um, what else would we do even now that's sort of fun? I think we just have good banter as well. Like you don't – we're yeah. probably quite simple with what we find fun. Yeah. And so I think sometimes we overcomplicate what a date night has yeah, to yeah. look like or it yeah. has to be so Sorry. like out of the best restaurant. So for us, nah, yeah. I don't – like I personally don't need that. Double so cheeseburger? I love cheeseburgers. Smash through the I, I'm pretty like simple when it comes to that stuff or – I've tried They're to trying, think I'm low maybe not. Rebecca came to the gym with me one time this year. It was fantastic. I know, one time. That's so gonna good. That sustains me for the next 25 years, people. I'll tell you why I did that. I actually didn't do that for me. One of the kids said to me, Dad said he would just love so much <laughs> if you went to the gym. Oh. And I thought... That's weird. I'll do it. I'll do it for him. Oh. So that's why I did that. I didn't know that. So it's doing things for the other one because you love them. Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't... I, I'm gonna. I do want to try and love the gym. I just have to keep no, praying. You don't need to. I have to keep praying that I will love it. No, no, but I did fine. that for you. It's just all the mirrors. I'm like, whoa! Could they like be less magnifying? You know, like it's a lot. If you, if you, if you're married here and you're in crisis, okay. Oh, if you're dating and you're trying to work out, are they going to be a great match? You know, values, spiritual values, you know, personality traits. If you can be their friend, if you started in a friendship rather than. What happens physically? If you start with a friendship, that will take you a long, long, long way. Long way. She's my best friend. By the way, I've never had a best friend that's a girl. It would be inappropriate. That place is only one place in my heart, and that's for her. I've got a lot of friends. I've got a handful of friends, like I said last week, but she's the number one. She's the number one. Um, so much to say on all this stuff. Going to finish with this one, though. Number seven. Pray, 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 pray. Listen to this stat, okay? We're going to finish. It was said recently that a credible statistic, 11% of Christian couples actually pray together. That was a stat. Now, what's even more incredible about that is divorce and separation rate outside of Christian couples, we know is at 50%. They, they did a um, rough guide measure in Christian community of those who attended church. So regular attenders of church take that down by half. Goes down to about 25%. Um, I was thinking, I was reading it, and anecdotically, pragmatically, I was thinking, nah, that... I don't, <laughs> Time's up. I don't think would be 
I don't think it would be 25% here at all, but it's a lesser stat anyway. But you ready for this stat? They, in the same sample, asked and studied those couples that prayed together what the divorce rate was. Are you ready for this? 0.006%. One in 1,500 couples that pray together, it ended in divorce. Jesus said we should pray. He should, said we should pray and not give up. Beck and I, early years of marriage, would probably pray individually. And then once every now and then would pray. But it actually had to change. It had to become a real change point. And it's become such a habit that we don't have a prayer meeting. We don't have a diary spot. We just have a relaxed scenario that starts with the saying. And she did it last night, okay? And I'll, it, it's shared. It just goes like this. We should pray. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just pray for the situation that we've just heard of. Lord, we just pray for our day. Lord, we just pray for our kids. So she might go, oh, I'm worried about such and such, one of our kids at the moment. We should pray. Father, and I'll just, that quickly, Father, just pray right now that, um, Lord, you just help them in that moment, that need. So it's become a, another set of lungs breathing the breath in the life of God for us. Now, I want to say to you, if you don't do that as a couple, it's a pretty good idea. It'll make a pretty good difference. And all you got to do is just say, we should pray. And then sometimes, hey, I'll just grab your hand. Just like that. And maybe we'll be in bed or maybe we'll be in the car. I'll say, we should just pray. Thank you, God. We just pray right now. We just ask for your help. We just ask. And, and I'll tell you what happens is the focus is no longer on us as individuals or even what we're struggling with. The focus is on God mm-hmm. and the breath of God. And, and I maybe just, you know, want to say something to finish on that. Yeah, I just, I really believe yesterday, we personally had a wrestle and I was like, you know what? Everything in me was like, I am not getting up on that stage tomorrow and talking about marriage because right now I can barely look at that guy's face. <laughs> but I knew what was going on. It was the enemy because he knows the power of a healthy relationship. And I sat there and I thought, oh, I, can't, I can't get up there and be a hypocrite. But I went off for a drive and I was like, you know what, God, I know what's going on here. The enemy is trying to fight against relationships because if he knows if we're not united to speak here today on this platform, if we're not sharing from a genuine heart, then also it will ripple out and it'll be, you know, a fight with the new guys. And and the power is in our relationships when they're united. And God wants our relationships united. And God wants to be at the, at the beginning of our relationships. And when there's a wrestle going on, you know that it's actually a sign there's, there's going to be a breakthrough on the other side. There's going to be, you know, it's worth the fight. Unless you're in an emotionally or physically abusive relationship, if there is hope for your relationship, it is worth the fight. But, yeah, um, if, you're, if your spouse continually cheats on you, is unfaithful to you, then you, you need to have serious conversations. Yeah. Everyone, every marriage at least once should go to therapy. Mm. We've, we've done it because we're trying to work. I mean, the, what happened yesterday just came out of the blue because we're two people. We're trying to work these things out together. But again, like, awesome, mate, you text me. You said, hey, I know what's going on. Mm. You know, we, let's be united. Mm. Um, if you're in an abusive relationship, I mean, you had a heart even today for those who are in controlling relationships. Yeah. You know, if you're yeah. being controlled, you need to reach out for help. Mm. If, if someone is repetitively physically abusing you, you need to reach out. Mm. 
you, you, God is not, God's heart is for you not to be trapped until you're beaten to death. Yeah. So you need to reach out. Um, if you're here and you're sitting, listening to all of this with regret, go, man, I wish I'd done some of that or I wish it had been easier for us. It seems so easy for you too. It's not. It's not always easy. We have a pretty good marriage, but it's not always simple. But if you sit here with regret, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go away and I want you to actually get alone with God and I want you to tell Him those very words. God, my heart is broken. I have regret. Can you fill me with your grace so I can see what has taken place through your eyes of love? So you can actually restore and resolve within yourself what has taken place. Not living out of pain and regret of the past, but able to move on in Jesus' name. And so... Yeah. Um, hey, if you are here and you want to talk about any of this, can you reach out? Come and see us. Come and talk to us. If you want us to pray for you or you want prayer. But we thought it'd be really great to finish by praying and just to pray for every single um, couple, every single marriage. I hope that's been helpful, guys, um, in some way, shape or form. So um, maybe you've been sitting for a little while. Do you want to just stand up? for a minute, just stretch your legs. If you're in the room and you're near your spouse particularly because we're focused in on it today with all of our disclaimers at the start, can you just um, grab the hand of your spouse right now? Especially if you haven't had a good couple of weeks or whatever it be. And um, if you're not here with your spouse and you're standing alone, um, listen, hold your own hand for a second. Do whatever you've got to do. Put a hand on your own heart. But we should pray, eh? Father, I thank you right now for what your word says. What God has put together, let men, no man separate. Father, we stand before you as human beings. Sometimes weak, sometimes proud, sometimes, Lord, battling things that no one knows about. And with this one near us, or maybe they're not even in the room today, we come before you as couples, as those that you've put together. And we ask for a special grace today by the power of your Holy Spirit to bring hearts closer, for minds to be in sync, for everything that is important to be seen, for things that are not important to be able to be laid aside, Lord. If there's past hurts, that they could be reconciled in this time. If apologies are required, then apologies can be made. Forgiveness, Lord, could be granted whatever it would be. But Father, I give you thanks for these loved ones. I give you thanks for bringing us together. And Father, I just ask your special grace and protection that it would be just like Revelation 21. It would be heaven on earth. It would be pretty good, Lord. It would have your breath of life. It would be a witness of grace to a community hurting and broken. It wouldn't be proud. It wouldn't be brash. You bring us together and you'd help us to walk together well. Help those of us who need to communicate better to do so, Lord. Help us to find the right words. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. I'm going to get Rebecca to pray right now for those of us who aren't married, really want to be, or who are one day going to be, or are in a situation where something took place. Just pray for those here, those special, special, everyone in every situation. Yeah, God, I just thank you for the ones that are represented 
and the rest that, yeah, are not yet married or have been, and maybe it hasn't been successful. Maybe ones are still holding up for the dream of that special person. And God, I just declare right now that you bring hope to them, Lord Jesus. You bring healing where they might need healing. God, you just bring a real touch from you, like they are enough. They're not, it's not who they are that's why they're mistreated or they haven't yet been buddied up. But God, that you have a plan and you have a purpose for their life. And God, I just really pray that today they will sense a love from you that only you can give. And God, a trust with you that you have got their future planned out. And so God, I just pray you speak to those ones particularly. God, the ones that have even been in relationships that have damaged their spirit, that have damaged their heart, that God, today you start that repair work, that God, you show them you're a loving God and maybe they didn't receive love how you would want them to. So today, restore that hope back to them. Heal the brokenness, God, where there's trauma, where there's pain, that you don't want them to take into the next relationship. Let them find the tools to get healing. Place people around them that will support them on the journey. Find them the right counsellors, Lord Jesus, so that they can seek and feel the happiness and the joy you want them to have. God, even for ones that maybe their destiny isn't to be buddied up, that God, you want them to, um, to know that actually joy is still found and just being on their own. That God, you can give them all that they have. And so God, I just pray peace to those ones and fulfilment to those ones of Jesus. Thank thank you, Lord. Just right now as we uh, finish and conclude, and I just ask that every eye would be closed and every head would be bowed. Because everything that we've talked about today, the Bible uses really interesting language in 2023 things that we don't even value, let alone fully understand. But that God Himself would be a husband, would be a faithful friend, faithful through and through to a lost and broken world. The Gospel, the good news of Jesus is that all of us have sinned. There's not one person in this room who has it more together Scripture talks about sin being more like affected by and things we do. But consider the fact that all of us were infected by separation from God. But how wonderful that this amazing and faithful friend whom we sinned against came, lived, died on a cross as we sing about this morning, His blood paid out so that we could be forgiven. And more than that, it would create that bond of love and relationship. I, for one, and many in the room, they wouldn't be in the room otherwise, have experienced that. The best way I can describe it is what the Bible says. It's like making you new. Religion won't do it. That is trying to do the right stuff, do the God stuff. Good moral living alone won't do it. That chasm, as we sung, was far too wide. But Jesus reached across it on Calvary with His arms stretched wide, showing just how faithful, how loving, how much fidelity He would have towards you. That He'd take care of you and He would put a new heart and a new spirit in you if you would only just, what? Perform, behave, Do it all right? No. Believe. 
So the Bible says, if you believe in the name of the Lord, you will be saved. And I'm going to pray a prayer right now that I want everyone in this room to follow and those online as well. That simply says, Jesus, I call on your name. I believe in what you've done for me so that you may come into my heart, bring healing and wholeness and make this connection with God that you alone can do. No other way can do it. No other way, Him alone. And so right now, I want you to pray that prayer. If that's you today, you actually want to open your heart and your life to Jesus. Everyone all together, you just follow me now. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Jesus who gave His life as a ransom for me. I recognise my own brokenness and sin. And today, I choose to turn away from it and turn to You. I believe in You that what You did on the cross saves me and is enough for me. Now, I call on that name, the name of Jesus, and You'd fill me with Your Spirit and You'd make me a new creature and connect me with God in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Come on, let's put our hands together. Say amen. We're going to hand over to Shelley. God bless you, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info or visit our website.